I want to rock. Welcome to Headbangers Rock Show, where the past is still kicking ass. Your hosts, Chris51 and Joe, are talking old school rock and heavy metal. Now, let's kickstart the show, boys. Upstairs, that's for sure, man. There are 30 new songs spread across the two Use Your Illusion discs, including two versions of the new single Don't Cry. But Guns frontman Axl Rose insisted that the two records not be packaged as one double album, but instead be sold separately. We were like going, well, a lot of kids and a lot of people, you know, when they go to buy a record, they go to buy one and they won't be able to, you know, it's like if there's a choice. Well, I'd like to get Guns N' Roses, but it's twenty nine ninety five, and this other band's twenty. Oh, I'll get that one. You know, we're like, maybe we can, you know, get past that a little bit. I think it's it's a lot better than having a double album, because if a person doesn't have enough money to buy a double album, they can buy one, save up, and buy the other one later. Disappointed that they're you know selling it two separately. They should you know they're just they're just doing it to make more money. You know, it's just like a ripoff, but I'm a fan, so I'll buy it anyway. Nobody bought just one of these. Everybody's, every single person bought both of them at the same time. The frenzy was slightly muted in St. Louis, the site of a riot following a gun show last July. Okay, well, welcome back to another episode of uh, what we like to call Headbangers Rock Show, the podcast version. Uh, I'm Joe, as usual, and across the way from me is... Chris 51! <laughs> wow, you're feeling spunky <laughs> today. Axel in here this morning. Thanks. What's in that coffee you got over there? That's a lot of caffeine, uh, Joe. Uh, any vodka or anything like that? No? no just no. straight up? Not too early in the morning for you? Um, yeah, so welcome back, Headbangers Rock Show. Uh, we're usually here bi-weekly. Um, Put out a new show, and this week we got a bit of a dandy. I think <laughs> a dandy. I think it's a dandy. I mean, I thirties. Yeah, I, I think it's. A, I just, I'm my inner Keith Jackson here. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's a dandy because uh, we're not only are we talking about one of the most uh, quintessential rock bands of all time, um, but one of the more quintessential rock bands, not only of our eighties you know, uh, rock scene that we typically uh, tend to focus our podcast on. But I mean, really, they transcend, you know, all the way through modern day today. True. And they are, are like I said, arguably one of the um, most, you know, prolific rock bands, despite not really having a lot of material, yeah. really, which is odd because, you know, they only had, well, the, the two albums we're going to talk about today and then their debut and really... Outside of those, they've only had things with, you know, you know, just the singer or, you know, they've all gone done solo stuff. But we're talking about Guns N' Roses. Yep. Um, and we, uh, we, we wanted to talk about the two Use Your Illusions. Um, and, you know, in this, in this particular episode, we're going to entitle it uh, 
cleverly enough, useless illusion. Yeah, I like that. Now, we could have gone, we could have said useful illusion. Or lose your illusion. Lose your illusion. <laughs> but the reason we're calling it useless illusion is because we both, and I think a lot of people now, now that we're 30 years on from the use your illusions, I think most people pretty much, I would say most people who are rock fans and, and you know 80s rock fans, especially Guns N' Roses fans, would probably agree that, you know, again, 30 years on, these two albums had a lot of, for lack of a better term, filler on them. Yeah. I mean, there's 30 songs between the two albums. 30 songs, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's I, obviously throughout the years, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, did they just, did they, you know, why did they put out two albums and why did they do 30 songs? And um, what was the, you know, what was the, um, con- you know, what was the reason behind it? You know, from what I, everything I've heard, I think they just, um, I think they, you know, they got so big with Appetite. And I think, I think Axel, who more or less kind of took the lead at this point, you know, I just think they, they thought they were so big that they could do this. They could put out two albums and just throw every song that was not on, you know, that didn't make the Appetite cut and redo them. And, you know, they added uh, Dizzy, what's his name? Reed. Mm-hmm. Added Dizzy Reed. Obviously, in comes Matt Sorum. Um, wasn't there somebody else that, who else did they, wasn't there a, who else did they have in this? Because no, they were a five piece. Oh, then added Dizzy. So they're now a six piece, right. basically going right. into this, this, this album here. Um, but yeah, we thought we'd go over it and talk about the two use, uh, use your illusions. And basically, which is probably been done in the past before, but you know, uh, it probably, like it's in hindsight, would have been better had they just come out with one album. Exactly. And then put 10, you know, a 10, maybe 12 song album. But I think also, you know, when you think about 1991, uh, the CD has now hit full stride. You know, when, when Appetite came out, there were still a lot of cassette tapes and a lot of uh, albums, you know, vinyl and stuff like that. You know, CDs were starting in the late 80s to pop out here and there. But, you know, 91 is now CDs are pretty much the go-to format. So I think a lot of bands realize, hey, we can put 15 songs on an album. Or in Guns N' Roses' case, <laughs> we can do two albums of 15-plus uh, songs or whatever. So I think that played something into it a little bit, in my opinion. I don't, I've never read that or anything, but I think they, you know, hey, we can put a lot of songs out there now. We might as well do it. And I, I think they just thought they were so good that everybody would just, you know, like everything they did. Right. I guess. I don't know. I really don't know the reason and behind... Maybe the record label offered them a shitload of money or they signed a contract that they had to get out two albums it, it, in a certain amount of time. It's, I mean, Yeah, it's possible. I didn't... I mean, I, I, I read up on the two albums a little bit, but mostly from the standpoint of, of you know, like... Um, yeah, what you know when they recorded it? What you know um, who sang on the album? Because there are some songs that you know Axel doesn't sing on. Uh, Izzy sings on some, but I don't, really don't know why they decided to do you know the reason behind doing two albums and putting thirty songs out. But nonetheless, we are tasked with today uh, taking a look at both albums, and then basically what we did is in typical fashion we whittled it down. And we have a list of ten songs. So if we were to actually combine the two, use your illusions. Make one good album. Make one great album. This is, in our opinion, the album that maybe should have come out. Right. And then all the rest of those songs, you know, you could throw a couple on B-sides or, you know, just unreleased. Throw a couple away. (laughs) You could, uh, you know, release them later in box sets or something like that. But as an album, you know, it should have, in my opinion, I think in yours and a lot of people's, should have just been one album. You know, it's honestly, too, it's kind of a little pretentious for them to have put out two albums. Right. For, you know, back then CDs were... You know, this isn't Houses of the Holy we're talking about here. Right, this right. Back then, CDs were, you know, sixteen ninety nine a piece. And, you know, um, 
kids are going to have to choose usually between one or the other. Uh, some choose your illusion. Choose your illusion. <laughs> a lot of people bought both when they came mm-hmm. out. You know, um, um, I don't know about you. I think I got the. I think I got number one first. I got number two first. Did you? Yeah. Number two was definitely the one that everybody, if they were getting one, yeah, they got that first usually because that had. Well, that had the song that was really the only one released before um, before the albums came out, which was uh, "You Could Be Mine." Mm-hmm. You know. So, but anyways. We'll get into that, uh, but again, in usual fashion, we've got a little bit of uh, music news to talk about before we get into it. Oh, what do we, um, we got this week? It's always a surprise to me, by the way. I never know what he's going to say yeah, over there. Yeah, so I was, well, I was looking at, you know, some of the usual blabbermouths and loud wires and all that, you know, as I do through the week, and um, a couple stories kind of caught my attention, which I thought were interesting. Now, you know, you and I, I don't think, I don't know if the last episode we did I think it was just fresh, but you know, the whole Will Smith slapping yeah. Chris Rock thing, you know, and yeah. ever it's, it's now weeks old and it's, you know, all the, the penalties have been handed down and they've, everybody's talked ad nauseum about it. But, um, I thought it was interesting because, uh, JJ French of Twisted Sister, and I bring this up because, you know, it's a, you know, a guy in, in our genre, so right. to speak, of coming out and talking about it. Um, and he basically, he was kind of, I don't know that he was on Will Smith's side per se, as far as the whole getting up on stage and knocking the guy senseless. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did make a mention that um, he thinks it's time that comedians maybe stop making fun of people. You know, he's he said it's it's really he's especially women and this and that. He said, you know, basically stop making fun of people's appearance. You know, mm-hmm. he said maybe it's time for comedians to kind of dial that back a little bit. And I don't know. I have my opinion, but if you hear. You know, somebody say that. What's your opinion about you know him saying? Well, maybe it's time actually comedians take a second look at at not you know making fun of people while they're on stage. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I think it's twofold though too because I mean this is this is you know actors and this is a big stage and it's kind of the it's kind of the usual um, protocol per se with comedians when they do these Oscar shows. You know, they they yeah. point to different people and they sort of they make light of it. It's not it's not you know they're not they're not they're not doing it to to really hammer them but it's just it's just kind of making fun of you know cuz actors and actresses they're they're very they're in the spotlight <laughs> they're in the spotlight so yeah. why not roast them a little bit while you're there yeah I, I i have to disagree with them i think uh i mean that's what comedians do you know and honestly at this day and age when everyone's so fucking cancel culture this and that and everyone's afraid to say anything i kind of feel it's refreshing that comedians get up there and they still do their thing they still do it without yeah. giving a shit now on on the flip side yeah i'm i because of that, because of this day and age and cancel culture right. and all that shit, I admired that Will Smith, you know, you don't have to sit there and take it. You don't have to like what the comedian says. And he went up there and it was a personal dig and he slapped him, you know, mm-hmm. and and the fact that it, in this day and age that a man can get up there and handle business like a man, slap the shit out of somebody for talking shit about his wife. I got no problem with that. In fact, I kind of liked seeing that that like wow that's actually kind of refreshing that someone's standing up for his wife and and slapping someone like the old school days you know (laughs) and no one sued anybody and it was just kind of handled like a man and it was it was done you know like people have their different opinions on it but um i i hear there's all this inside stuff that chris rock went too far i don't give a shit what chris rock said yeah you know see the funny thing was is i i don't even know i mean i i don't think he i mean went too far i mean who cares about you know her Jada Pinkett's quote unquote medical condition about her hair falling out. I mean, shit, what happens if he would have roast Bruce Willis for going I, I think bald? It was, you know? I think it was more about 
her, her cheating on him and this whole thing. Because, the, I thought the GI he, Jane reference because oh, uh, what's her name cheated on? I thought it was just Kushner. I, yeah, I thought it was just. Uh, I thought it was just a reference strictly because she had a bald head and and Demi Moore had shaved her head famously in G.I. Jane. It was like, whoa, a woman with a shaved head. Yeah, you know? no, I, I, I heard different. I heard it was because huh. of the cheating. Well, and maybe, maybe there was, maybe Will Smith felt like there was something more to it. They have an open relationship. Who gives a shit? Right, right. I mean, honestly. But, I, so I disagree <clears throat> with J.J. French. I think that's what comedians do. Yeah, I mean, on you the gotta, surface. You got to have a backbone if you're in the public spotlight. You know what I mean? Right. I mean you got to have a, a, what I say, um, thick skin. Thick you know, if you're mm-hmm. in the, if you're in the, spotlight there that's that's you should be used to that and that's the funny thing was and you know of course this is old news by now everybody's heard it but you know i mean there was it, when they panned to them initially there was some laughter going on and it wasn't until i guess maybe she took some offense to it and then he got angry and he went up there yeah i agree with right. you you got to have thick skin you can't really you can't you know if you want to i mean if he wanted to get up and grab the microphone and just make a kind of a like an emotional plea like hey guys that that is kind of funny but my wife happens to have or while he got his acceptance during his acceptance speech he could have just said something like hey i know it's kind of funny comedians do this and everything but just so everybody knows you know you know she does have a condition and and you know we didn't find that necessarily terribly funny but i don't think you can jump up and especially on a stage like that i mean if this were just like a little club or something like that it's one thing i guess but you're an actor the spotlight yeah, you know i mean I it mean? was very unprofessional very <laughs> unprofessional sure. my god but and you know what i mean it is kind of refreshing to see a man kind of handle something like yeah but i mean i i would just I, if, if it was Twitter real if it was really offensive like if he had said something about her being some kind of crazy slut or something like that i could yeah, see that no, but just making fun of her bald head uh, i don't i don't think that that particular comment, I don't think, warranted him going up and slapping his ass right, on right. stage. But, you know, anyways, I saw J.G. French say that. So the, the, the basically what it comes down to is, yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't think comedians need to necessarily stop. I mean, they should have a they should have a, a sense of, of what, you know, they can and can't say that should that would be funny on whatever stage. They're yeah. I mean, they don't need on, to yeah. go over the top and yeah. really, you know, crush somebody or embarrass them completely. But a, a subtle jab here now, or, or, or roasting, you know, an actor or actress yeah. on the big spotlight—that's well, that's what they do. I mean, yeah. Ricky Gervais when he does the—I uh, oh, yeah, mean, yeah. he he roasts everybody, you know. And <laughs> that's just what he does. I just think it's fair game. So I, yeah, yeah, I don't think that I don't think that comedians need to necessarily stop doing that. I think the good ones are cognizant of what they're saying, and they don't—they yeah. don't not too outrageous, but a, a subtle dig or a subtle jab. I don't think is anything too I, big. Honest, I think JJ's kind of falling into the way the cancel culture is right, right. Now by saying something yeah like that. i think I, so too. I strongly disagree with that yeah yeah um and i like jj yeah no I he's mean, he's, God, he's very know? articulate he's a smart yeah. dude and uh, uh i just think that i just think that maybe he's being a little maybe that is a little too uh overly sensitive to say you know hey comedians need now you know take that particular incident right. and, and call out comedians because that wasn't even a bad one i'm sure there's been oh, way God, worse yeah. way worse um the other thing i saw was uh and i'm not a big fan of this band but do you do you like Primus? Are you a Primus no, guy? I'm not a Primus, not a Primus guy. guy. No. I'm not really a Primus guy either. Um, it all sounds the same to me. Yeah, it's you know it's a little maybe sometimes too tongue in cheek. And musically, they're they're talented. There's no doubt. But I've never been. I mean, the, the couple songs that are popular, like I can if they come on on a playlist on the radio. I mean, yeah, mm. I can listen to them, whatever. But I've never been a huge Primus guy. Um, anyways, they have a new album coming out mm-hmm. after I guess ten years or something like that. And I just thought it, it again. This this happened to you know pique my uh, curiosity, or I, I kept reading on it because I just think it's funny. Um, and I'm I'm sure what's what's the lead singer Primus's name? Uh, we know this. Yeah, I can't think of his name. I'm drawing a blank right now. Yeah, I'll think of it. Um, 
anyways so he's you know he is primus basically he does yeah. the lyrics and everything so they have this new i guess maybe like a short ep or something a new song coming out and um the song is all about basically it's kind of like the the opposite of you know the, he's he's kind of falling in line with the cancel culture stuff because it's like this song about conspiracy theorists you know and and um songs about you know this whole QAnon thing and you know um uh you know the the lyrics make mention to you know people who were anti-vaxxers and stuff like that and basically oh just yeah just just a purely political jab at you know some of the uh, granted maybe some of the nutcases on the right it'd be like the nutcases on the left that thought like 9-11 was an inside job you know get yeah. QAnon are weird fucking people out there that that have weird you know um very very bizarre uh beliefs or, or things that they will believe but i just think i just saw it and i was like why why waste your time writing a song about like people that have this weird like conspiratorial um uh theory about like about like i don't know if you know much about the QAnon, but i mean it's really stupid stupid yeah. stuff about like the government hiding like uh like there's reference to like zombies and stuff like that and there it's like really? like the government has this massive cover up of like like uh, uh satanic worshiping people that are actually ruling the world and we're all just little pawns in the game just complete you know uh. wacky conspiracy <laughs> stuff that some people actually you know believe uh-huh. and i just saw that just, why why make a song about i hate you know you know i'm i have my political opinions but i would even even you know mine align more like with the ted nugents of the world yeah as not the uh, eddie vetters of the world yeah but still i don't necessarily need um politics in my rock music you right, know maybe, right. maybe a reference or two i guess is fine but like to write a whole song about it, i just think it was a waste of time like well, kind of kind of sounds like less claypool there less claypool that's who it is yeah. okay yeah so i don't know i just saw that and i'm just like dude come on you're that's such a narrow focus or such a narrow uh uh, uh, uh audience that you're singing to right. you know the the nutty lefty people that think that these nutty righty people you know it's like yeah Come on, dude. I just thought, I was like, if you're going to make an album out, yeah. Yeah, if you're going to make an album out after 10 years, do something that's more exciting. Go Don't from go from Winona's Big Brown Beaver to, yeah, to, to, <laughs> to trying to be all, you know, all yeah. social justice warrior or something like right. that, which, whatever. Anyways, I'm like I said, I'm not a big Primus fan. I thought to me, it just seemed like, why waste your time like singing about that stuff? Nobody cares about real out there conspiracy nuts. So, anyways, mm-hmm. um, Last thing I I saw that I thought was kind of interesting on again one of these I probably was uh probably was I don't know Loudwire tends to have a lot of these lists some mm-hmm. one of these one of these um, websites I saw it on but I thought it was interesting it was a list of the most uh, underrated albums by big rock groups now I've actually thought okay. that that would be fun as an episode one day it would yeah to do what we think are some of the best uh most underrated albums by big rock groups i already know what would be in your top five yeah well Winter's yeah pool would be right. right well that's what i'm saying <laughs> that's that's a perfect example of a, a fairly big rock group from the 80s yep. that has a very underrated album in my opinion um off the top of your head a bigger rock group do you do you have a uh, i've got a list here of some of the ones that they said which agree or disagree but um can you think of one just like I like? Yes, for me, Winger Pull. I even think the Warrant album that came out around that time, Doggy Dog, mm-hmm. is very underrated. Well, not very. Known. You know, I like the Skid Row Subhuman Race. You know, I like that Skid Row one. Subhuman Race. Is, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that could be a very underrated album. Um, but yeah, because uh, I mean, there's a lot of underrated albums by bands that are lesser known. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know that's a great album. Nobody knows them. But yeah, how about yeah. big rock groups? You yeah. Know? Anyway, so some of the ones that I mean, the, the list contained a bunch of stuff that's you know 
out of our, you know, generally what we talk about. But I right. grabbed some of the ones that are some of the bands that we tend to talk about. Okay, interesting. Let's see. Yeah, so uh, one of the first ones as it was going down was Queensryche Promised Land, which isn't that the one that's... Um, that's the one, I think that's right after Empire, isn't it? Yeah. Promised Land? Yeah. 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 Do you know it's that album pretty much? Record. I bought it? it. Yeah, well, I bought it when it came out. And it's, it's. Uh, I would say, I would agree. You would agree yeah. with that one? See, I don't it's really... It's a lot more lo- along the lines of Empire than mm. it is like Rage for Order. Sure, or, you know, they kind of continue. Don't they, don't they, didn't that album... Because I think that was like ninety four or something, maybe yeah, it was a couple years after it. So I, and isn't don't they kind of start delving into like a lot of those bands did uh, that nineties grunge sound a little bit, or they got yeah. a little heavier, maybe tried to kind of fit in a little bit more with that sound on that album. Um, I mean, they definitely changed their sound from Empire. Yeah, but they didn't stray too far from it. Yeah. Uh, one of the other ones was Megadeth's Euthanasia, which was right, love that right, yeah, right along. Wasn't that about mid nineties too, something mm-hmm. like that? That yeah. was actually right after Countdown, wasn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's the one that has uh, Euthanasia the, and all that. The stuff. song Le Le Tout Mal. What's the song? No, that's French... on Countdown. No, that's not. Le, Le that's Tout on this one. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Le tout, le tout le monde, or I don't yeah. know. <laughs> tout le monde. Yeah. Um, and his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that song. I'm not song. terribly familiar with the album as a whole, but you're more of a Megadeth guy than I am. So he actually remade that song and had a, um, uh, some woman uh, do like the background vocals on oh, it. Oh, yeah. It was really damn good. Yeah. I don't remember what it was on, but it's When I saw amazing. them live, um, they, they did that tout song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then now this one I actually agree with. You may not agree with it, but I think Metallica's Death Magnetic is underrated. Um, I've never listened to it because it's garbage. Really? You don't, you just, I, I mean, like you've heard Metallica it. After Master yeah. Plus, yeah. I just don't. So it came out 08 and this was, you know, I mean, I've heard a couple songs off yeah. it and I was just like, oh, so when it came out, I remember the reason why I think it, it it's valid to put this on this list is that when it came out. You know, Metallica had gone through their 90s crap garbage, you know, the load albums and all that other stuff. And then this one comes out and they kind of, you know, they kind of went back to, you know, the old Metallica sound to to a degree. Um, Now, there are some things about the album that people have have brought up, which is it was the recording of it was very sonically loud you know it's very it's a very loud album just sonically you Mm. know i mean it's 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 recorded to be that way so like you could put it on volume five and it sounds crazy loud you know still and the song but the songs are you know at least the songs are you know they have a lot of stop and go they have a lot of like you know change of directions which metallica used to kind of do um i think it's pretty good i mean it's not you know i would put it if if you talk about all their albums up to black i would put it like number, what would that be? Six, uh-huh. seven, if you can kill the garage days or whatever. So I think it's their best thing they've ever done post Black album. Okay. And I actually, when I get, when it came out, I got it and I listened to it front to back often. I had it CD in my car and I just wanted to listen to it back. And I so I got to kind of know it. So I'm familiar with that album pretty mm. well. And I agree with that. I think Death Magnetic is an underrated metallic so album. I never, I never took the time to even, yeah. and, and nor will I. I and and I haven't yeah. anything since then or prior to that. Back to the Black album, I don't, I don't know much, you know, mm-hmm. about it, about their stuff. Uh, I didn't get this new Hardwired album or anything like that. But I think Death Magnetic is actually a good one. Uh, then going back now, jumping back more into the '80s, they say Judas Priest's Turbo. That's good. People yeah. don't didn't like it because it was the very, it was like the introduction of the whole synth. Thing yeah. for Judas Priest. So, but there but are it's some still heavy. Yeah, Even there are some good songs on it. Yeah, and I, I like it. I think that probably is a fairly underrated Judas it Priest. Is. Album. I agree. I agree. Iron Maiden's Final Frontier, which is 2010, 
Now, I could think of wow. a ton more Iron Maiden albums that would be, maybe be underrated, especially Brave, Brave New, New World. World. Yeah. 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 Oh, Jinx. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, Final Frontier, I wrote on here. I mean, I think the song El Dorado is good, but I think the rest of, for me, Iron Maiden after Brave New World, it just kind of, there's like a downhill slope that keeps yeah, going down. I, down, I agree. Down. El Dorado is amazing. There's, that's one of those albums where half the songs I really like and half I'm like, eh. Yeah. But I, yeah, Brave, that Brave New World would like undoubtedly make the top of my list for underrated Iron Maiden albums. Brave New World would, yeah. 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 That Even was though it, their last great, great full, complete right. album start to finish, yeah, you know. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, as an ode to your, um, pick from a few episodes ago, Dio's Strange Highways was in there. Ooh, really? Yeah. When we did Ozzy versus Dio. Wow. We went album by album through the 80s yeah. and into the 90s a little bit. You uh, you actually said that that was one of your favorite Dio albums. Yeah, it is. It actually beat out it beat out Ozzy's uh, No More Tears for it you. It did. It did. God, it's still it's heavy, man. It's nuts. Good. Nuts so crazy good. for saying that. Well, but Apparently Loudwire agrees with me. And then they had a Black Sabbath album, which came out in 89, called Headless Cross. Um, can't even find that on like iTunes or anything like that. I had to wow. go, go listen to a little bit of it on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> it's... It's interesting. It definitely it sounds like Black Sabbath totally turned it into like a generic eighties band. Really? Yeah. I don't know. It's okay. I can't it's, say I I've ever heard that. Record. I don't think it's. I don't. I don't know if it'd be called underrated. Uh-huh. Um, I might not even be rated. But then um, <laughs> the last one that I thought was on here that was interesting because I mean everybody knows that Pantera, you know, with the with the when when Cowboys from Hell came out. Mm. Um, that was kind of everybody's. Everybody pretty much agrees that's kind of the start of Pantera, but it wasn't. Yeah, they kind of had that. They had they had a album. they had one or two albums in the eighties without Phil. Phil joins the band. Yeah, and the first uh, album he does is uh, one called Power Metal. Yeah, and again, so Pantera really they were super glam. They were uh, kind of a heavier glam in the eighties, uh, a la Judas Priestish almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with Power Metal, I think it's pretty much the same you don't really hear much of the whole new pantera sound in it but it was uh it was phil's first album they say it was underrated now i don't know if it's underrated i mean it's kind of cool to go back and listen to it see how they changed from one album to the other and became completely different band but i don't know if it's underrated necessarily but it's power metal you can't deny that This is Gary Holt from Exodus, and you are listening to the Headbangers Rock Show with Chris Fifty One and Joe. Um, so, Guns and Roses, Guns and Roses. Like we said earlier, 
probably one of the most quintessential bands of uh, rock bands of all time. Right. Right. Agree. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, not only do they, I mean, they're, again, they're one of those bands, and you and I have talked about this before when we talk about you know the 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 grunge metal scene coming in and taking over eighties metal in the early nineties. Guns and Roses, I think, and Ozzy Osbourne, and a couple others were bands that Van Halen could still kind of have a foot on each side of the fence. So mm-hmm. people that didn't like glam. That really liked, you know, some of the new Seattle stuff coming out at the time in the early '90s. I mean, Guns N' Roses. You, you could have Guns N' Roses and Nirvana and Ozzy Osbourne and Soundgarden. It, yeah, it, you weren't less of a man. Nobody liking yeah, Guns N' Roses. Yeah, yeah, if you like Nirvana, you couldn't like Poison. Right. But you right. like Guns N' Roses. Everyone's like, you're not going to lose any respect. They, they had. They still. They still kept. You know, it was. It was cool to still have. You know, like I say, Guns N' Roses yeah. in there. Um, and when Use Your Illusion comes out, so. First of all, the the song that we talked about earlier too, um, uh, you could be mine. Mm-hmm. So that that this ninety ninety one MTV is still fairly big, and that video was all over the freaking place. Right, I it was mean, from Terminator too. Terminator yeah. and that yeah. so that video actually came out in July, and Use Your Illusions didn't get released till September seventeenth. So there was mm-hmm. a there was a pretty big gap where you heard that song and you knew it was coming. The albums were coming, but you had no... I didn't know if that... you know Who knew if that song was going to be on the Terminator soundtrack only and not on the album? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I guess that song was um, one that they used... That they had from previous, too. So they they yeah. sort of rehashed it, remade it, whatever. And but you they, can tell because it sounds different from a lot of the songs on the record. It kind of does, yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds much more well-produced, yeah, in, in my opinion. Um, so it comes out... Use Your Illusion comes out... Oh, by the way, speaking of that gap, so I guess... They had to start their tour for the Use Your Illusions like midsummer that year, 91. Mm-hmm. And the albums hadn't come out yet. So some of the, speaking of how some of these songs sound recorded-wise, I guess they had to finish recording some of the songs at various locations around the country as they were touring for the album. Wow. No wonder they're all over the place on those records. Yeah. So the whole record, by the time when they started the Use Your Illusion tour... The, the records weren't out or done yeah not even yeah. done yet so they had to they had to finish up you know around at different uh, different studios I guess which is kind of crazy but explains a lot it does <laughs> like I said before the lead vocals on so on the song Dustin Bones you ain't the first a double talk and jive from the use your illusion one mm-hmm. Izzy sings on mm-hmm. on two he sings 14 years. And then I guess so fine is uh, Duff singing. Yeah, that's what I got. I, I don't know. If I think that's all. Other than that, I think it's all Axel I for the most so, part. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So to that point, though, where um, some of the songs. So I agree with you. I I think there's a a lot of the songs that sound really well produced, mm-hmm. and then some of them do sound like they just put you know let's just slap these on the album just to make yeah. it thirty songs. You know what yeah. I mean? Um. I don't know. Well, we'll, when we get into it, we'll kind of make a reference to that, you know, which songs we think might have the, uh, be part of the useless illusion. Um, so obviously they, they add Dizzy, which I didn't realize. So going back for this episode, you know, you and I probably listened to these two albums picking our songs. I didn't realize now that I go back and listen to them, just how much, how many songs have piano in them. Oh yeah, I mean, just like kind of that bluesy piano going on and in the background. Speaking of bluesy, so many songs are bluesy, in and this. I'm not even talking about like November Rain and stuff. I mean, yeah. I'm talking like a lot of the songs just have that kind of bluesy piano going on in the yeah. background. I don't like it. 
Yeah, I just I, I like was, it in the slow songs. Yeah, it fits, but I do not like it. I just I thought I was, I, I really didn't realize that as much. I mean, because I know the songs well, and yeah. I mean whatever. I just I listened to them back thirty years ago a lot. Uh, I just did not realize they had that much piano. Dizzy yeah, Dizzy know, was playing that much of a role. It's like it went from this like just hard kick ass in your face rock and roll on Appetite yeah. to this bluesy piano y. <laughs> what the fuck? Bluesy, like, piano-y, and not I, Guns and Roses. Not Guns and Roses y. Yeah. And you know, it's like I, I feel like now, after you giving me this assignment to listen to these and do this thing, <laughs> listening to them now, all right, and I'm gonna give these records a grade at the end of the show. But yeah. I went back and I'm like, you know, I think I liked these albums a lot more than I thought I did because I feel like I had to. Right. Because I loved Guns N' Roses so yeah. much. I yeah, felt yeah. like I had to like these records. Right. And yeah, I have my my ten song playlist that I grab from both to make my own use your illusion yeah are honestly probably the only ten songs I like out of right. all thirty right you right. know I might be able to tolerate another one or two but and yeah. I had to pick mostly hits because a lot those are the ones that are well produced and stuff like sure God dude I I can't I go back now and I listen and I cannot listen to these albums start to finish anymore I sure. can't do it right right yeah it's just annoying and and okay one other thing I got to say about yeah it, okay. What the fuck happened to Slash's guitar? Like, it went from this beefy, crunchy, awesome solos, crystal clear, Mm -hmm. to this kind of muffled, higher-pitched sound Mm -hmm. on all the songs. And it's like, I I don't know what happened to his guitar work on these records. It's like a different guitar player. Sure, some of the solos, they sound the same. Like, you can tell that's a Slash solo. Mm -hmm. But the guitars themselves are so like tuned up higher and muffled in i i just i don't get it man like i can't even i can't even listen to slash on these records yeah well i think one of the things that you can definitely say about the guitar work on this and again i'm a drummer so i'm not going to be uh pretend to know as much about the guitar i what i would pick out and say too is like you know there's 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 a lot fewer songs that have awesome riffs that start them right you know they all either start kind of slow or weird or they have, you know, I mean, you could be mine might be one of the ones that has a good riff to it. Uh, but he's doing a lot more, I feel like, in this album. And I could be wrong. It feels like Izzy's doing, you know, because he's the rhythm guitar player. He's kind of driving a lot of the songs and a lot of slashes stuff is just very, you know, um, Here and there. Gu- guitar fills. You know, yeah. he's just kind of, he's in there. You can hear him, but he's not, yeah, his, his stuff is not really driving it. You know, it's not yeah. two guitars, you know, ant- call and answer as much. It's more like him just sort of uh, going, you know, um, BB uh, King style, like just I agree, I agree, noodle, yeah. noodling around through the songs and yeah, adding exactly, fills. Exactly what he's doing. He's noodling around a couple little solos, couple fills. Some of the solos are great when he yeah. comes in and does a solo, but he's not driving the songs as much. You and know, he's not driving it, which is why it's so much more bluesy type yeah. riffs. It went from this heavy kick ass band to I I don't know, dude. Like, and then also obviously uh, out out is Stephen Adler and in is Matt Sorum. Now as a drummer, I can possibly uh, not nowhere near the the drummer that Matt Sorum is, but I do feel like, you know, his drumming style, it added an element to Guns N' Roses that made them sound a little bit more technical mm-hmm. than than rough around the edges like they were in the in Appetite. You yeah. know, Steven Adler was more of a feel guy, a basher, you know, and that was Guns N' Roses. Here comes Matt Sorum and he's very technical. You know, his drums are very, you know, he you is. can really, they pop and they don't slide, in my opinion, you know. And I, to to me, I don't like his. Now, there's one song that Adler plays on still, right? Was it Civil War? Isn't uh, yeah? No. Adler's the drummer still on Civil yeah. War because it was recorded before yeah. he got kicked out. But 
and I don't know if I mean I you can go back and listen to that. I don't know if that's that's a good example of like how how what Adler was to the band, but even Izzy had said he felt like like Stevens playing was more of the uh the 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 driver of a lot of some of the songs that they used to do and you know Matt Sorum comes in and he's just basically you know like I said he's he's a technical drummer very good but I think he kind of I think he kind of I think it kind of took away a little bit from what wa- the dirty it it down. the dirty Guns and Roses yeah. rock and roll feel it made them sound it, like they were trying to be too good it washed you know it out <laughs> the, and the, every fill is just so like Dun, 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 dun. Like he, it's just yes, easy yeah. fills and but he's and a great it, drummer. It's he's a just, great drummer, yeah. but it didn't have that heavy like edginess to it anymore. Yeah, it just know? sounded it's just a very clean sounding drum sound. Uh, it's not and the, the, some of the I think some of the um, charm of Guns and Roses initially was that kind of dirty L.A. rock and roll band yeah. where it sounded like they were you know rock, exactly. rock dirty rock and roll guys and not these like clean bluesy feely exactly. type of uh bluesy feely uh yep. you know type of type bluesy of band. Feely. i'm gonna <laughs> um, put this out there if you had to tell me right now if i had to pick yeah between all right all right 51 you can listen to either use your illusion or chinese democracy oh. i would pick chinese democracy chinese oh yeah without anybody i mean i guess some with of the guys just, are still in it yeah yeah with just was it buckethead the guitarist on that album buckethead yeah, yeah. the guitar got, work is amazing that, much better than on use your illusion yeah. in my opinion that that album is actually uh, underrated that, that should that should be an underrated absolutely, album you know? i love that album yeah um last thing i'll say before we get into our list real quick because uh, as we're talking about the albums we just got to quickly talk about the artwork um i think again they shouldn't have had Two you use your illusions. They shouldn't have had thirty songs. And I think the album artwork. What the hell? I mean, <laughs> so it's like stupid. a it's like a little piece from what it, from what I gathered here. It's um, if you look at the the famous excuse me the famous painter Raphael uh, had a painting called School of Athens, and it's basically you know it's on the on the steps of uh, the Pantheon or something like that. And there's yeah. all these philosophers, and it's kind of like it look, it's made made to look like a like a study session with a bunch. And that's where up in the corner. That little section is actually the there's a there's a guy looking over a kid who's doing the writing in his book or whatever. It's just a little piece of that bigger uh, uh-huh. artwork, and I just I mean I don't understand why they went with it. I don't know if there's like a, are they trying to be where they it does kind of fit like they're trying to be a little bit more you know we are now a, sophisticated. a more sophisticated band now you know and here we are putting you know Raphael artwork versus like I think they still should have had just the the old. Guns N' Roses logo on it and just called it Use Your Illusion. Guns N' Roses had the yeah. had the pistols and the roses and stuff. Yeah, you can't go from the pistols and roses on the back or the cross on the front like, with uh, the skulls. Yeah. You can't go from rock and roll imagery to this philosophical yeah. like deep spiritual meaning thing when you're not that kind of band. Yeah. Right? I yeah. think that just I think I, I don't like the I've never liked the artwork on it. I just I I mean, whatever. You know, I don't get too wrapped up in album artwork, but I do think that that was yeah. coming from appetite. I think it was eh. Yeah. Yes, it was crap. Okay, let's get into the albums here. So, uh, drum roll, please. Right. Um, let me get my list out here. It's right here somewhere. There it is. Um, so we're picking. If you're just joining us, we are picking. Yeah, Headbangers um, Rock Show. We're 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 calling this episode "Useless Illusion," where, and we, where we pick our favorite ten songs from either "Use Your Illusion" one or two. Mm-hmm. And we make up our own "Use Your Illusion" with the best songs, which should have been the case. They should have put out one record with ten songs. 
Yes. Ideally, um, they would have just done a 10-song album, called it their second album, yeah. and made it awesome, you know, yeah. rather than water it down with all this other stuff exactly. on there. Okay, so your, your Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusion album, the 10-song album, how does it start? Uh, song number 10, and again, you know, you... you, you so, no, let's start at the song one on the album. Song one? Yeah. Our we're gonna top go, song. No, we're going to go, like, you know, you. this is how... The, did you... Now, did you order, the, oh, order no, it? Oh, no, I ordered them my top 10, 10 being my least oh. favorite, one being my favorite. Okay, so yeah. in some order, they would fit on the album yeah. and see i went i went this is how i would actually arrange the album too oh so i, I have a side that. one and a side two i didn't do that but you know why I don't, I don't think i did that because like you started the episode with cds yeah they just threw a shitload of songs on there and like a lot of their songs like uh i think you could be mine as like a song eight or nine or something, something like and that yeah so to yeah. me i didn't feel like their order on these were that was that important no you know, it wasn't, it wasn't important. like a record album right, right. You know, which so is why I when I kinda... which is why when I did it, I was like, "This is how I would actually start okay, the well, album side cool. one." So, uh, okay. well, what was your? So, what what is your? Yeah, well, so, song, what, so we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do two lists. So, like, mine yeah. will be like how I think the album should have come out arranged. with my songs arranged, and then uh, yours is just your top ten of the right. of the things. Okay, so what's your? So your start at ten though, going and up. I'm to starting one. at ten. Okay. So my least my least favorite on my own record would be yeah. uh, yesterdays. Okay, I like yesterdays. I love Axel's voice in that song. Mm-hmm. The music, yeah, you know, it's it's well produced. Yeah, um, compared to a lot of other songs. Yep. Um So yeah, yesterday's number. Yesterday's. 10. So I yesterday's. <laughs> Ooh, I nailed it. That was wow. good. Wow. <laughs> uh, here, edit real quick. Let me get that. <laughs> um, so. I would start the album. I think actually the way that Use Your Illusion 1 starts is I'm fine with that. I think it's a good song to start with. I don't like how number two starts with Civil War. I like Right Next Door to Hell. Really? That song starts my album. That's my that's my wow. number one song right okay, next door to hell. Make my my album. Yeah, I was gonna say the the thing is there. We will probably there will definitely be some crossover here, uh, but we'll probably have quite a different opinion about. Yeah, I mean, I bet you will. Will, of your ten song, we may have half of them only be crossovers, yeah. which is interesting to say because you know everybody's. You know, we'll have of thirty songs. We're going to have different different yeah. opinions about which ones make. The I, I list. definitely know there's a handful that we both hate on there. Oh yeah, I'm sure. sure. I'm sure that's the case. You, okay, you, so your number nine song is my number what? nine song is a deep cut, um, and I just I I picked the song for the intro the dun 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 dun. You know that song, uh, Coma. I'm, Oh, Coma. Coma is long song nine. too, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about this album too is too many of the songs are too long. Yeah. God, I, I hate agree. that too. I agree. Although, but I love that intro. Yeah. I love the intro of that song. I like his voice. The song isn't really uh I don't think it's arranged very well. There's not a really significant chorus in a bridge and a chorus, you know what I mean? Right. It's right. not arranged really well. But they had a video for that, didn't they? I don't remember. I think they did. But yeah, definitely a deep cut. And for me, it's a deep cut because you know me, hits 51 yeah, over yeah, here. So. I think it was actually the last song on, it's or it's really, close to the last like song, song on. 14 or yeah, something, something like yeah. that. On, now, is that on one or two? I think that's on one. Yeah, it? it is. Yeah. I think it's towards the bottom, if yeah. not the last song on one. Yeah. 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 All right. What about you? Uh, so then I, I, I so start. So that was my song nine in yeah. chronological order. Yours is arrangement order. So if they came out with a record called mm-hmm. Use Your Illusion that had 10, out, 10 songs on it. This is your song uh, two. This would be the second song. Okay. And it's from number one again. It's Double Talk and Jive. Really? Yep. Too bluesy for yeah, me. Yeah, no. I, oh, but it, it, I love God. the way it, I love the way it ends. It ends really cool. It's a it's a long kind of drawn out end to it, oh. and yeah, I, I I think it rocks uh, towards the end, like it picks up. Um, yeah, I like that song. I See, thought that I was think, good. I think you are you're picking a lot off of one because one was the first one you bought, and probably more I'm actually half and half. I think. Uh, Use illusion one to me like. 
blew chunks, dude. Like honestly, <laughs> I could take three songs off that record and throw the rest away. Yeah. Like, okay. Well. Anyway, so. So. Okay. So that's how I start the album, right next door to hell, and double talk and jive, which I think is like the fifth song on on number wow, one. But okay. Yep. All right. So okay. what's what's seven for you'll, you? You'll notice a trend in mine. You won't see any songs that are are really bluesy. Yeah. Sliding guitars like uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh, mm-hmm. keep that shit out of my Guns and Roses. <laughs> uh, my, okay. So my song eight chronologically counting down to one. Uh, is pretty tied up. Okay. Do you okay. like that song? I do mm-hmm. love Axel's voice in that. It's kind of got a, it's well produced, you know, probably because it's a hit. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. pretty tied up. Yeah. Um, I actually really like Pretty Tied Up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when it came out, I, I, that was one of my favorite songs on the uh, on the album. It is kind of it's kind of it it to me sounds more like you know gnr should exactly. a little bit it, it's a little it's a little funky it's, it's kind of funny lyrically a little bit at times but yeah i think uh i really like uh pretty tied up um you might might see that on my list you never know He knew this chick that she lived down on Melrose. Um, I do yeah. like that song a lot. No, I think it's cool. I, I I do like that song a lot. Like I said, you may I don't know you may see it coming up on uh, on my album somewhere. Uh, okay, so where am I? We're again welcome back, Headbangers Rock Show. We are uh, talking Guns and Roses. We're calling this episode "Useless Illusion" because of uh, the fact that there well there is a lot of useless illusion on the two Use Your Illusion yes. albums. And We're whittling it down to a either well, in, in Chris's case, the top ten songs out of the thirty. Mm-hmm. My case, I built what I think should have been the Use Your Illusion album, ten song album that came out as that, it should be arranged. As it should be arranged. So, so okay, so you're on song three then, which yeah. as you and I have had this discussion many times, mm-hmm. song three is typically the should best be reserved song. for the best song on the album, right? <laughs> in my opinion, on rock albums, you should okay. have the best song there. So, so this is a big one for you. This is a big one for me. Number three is, um, well, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna like this one. Okay, you like this? Live and let die. Ooh, no, I, I'm just kidding. I, that's not my number. I do three. like it. You, okay, you might like it, but <laughs> um, 
No, my number three is You Could Be Mine. Okay. Yeah. That's by far and away, I think, the best song on the album, easily. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, it is, for sure. You know, it's such a rocker. It's so... Uh, it's just, I mean, it's great. The drum I love, intro's great. The drum intro's beat. actually awesome. Yeah, and it's just yeah. such a driver. And that song, like we said before, was out for so long before the rest of the albums came out that um, yeah, it just it got ingrained in you. And it's still to this day. It's a, I, if that song comes on, I can I can easily. It's not a, it's not. A, I've heard it too much. Got to skip it. Song. Uh, I can definitely listen to it. Best song on the album. You could be mine. Number three on side one. All right. So I like it. Good. Good pick. Yeah, you're down to what six. Because that would be am, four, basically. No, I'm uh, number seven. Or seven. That's right. Seven, seven which um, <laughs> something you just made fun of. My number seven is Live and Let Live Die. And Let Die. <laughs> That's a cover song. They have two cover songs on this album, um, which Live and Let Die is what? Wings, Paul McCartney or whatever? Yeah. 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 I mean, they do a good version of it. There's no doubt. I mean, if you go back and listen to the Paul McCartney version, um, it's, you know, I mean, they definitely rocked it up, which is cool. They did. And I just, again, it's all about, to me on this record, it's all about how well it's produced and sounds sonically. And it's not the damn bluesy, piano-y background, mm-hmm. which I So one thing stand. about, one thing, and I'm not listening to it right now, and just going basically on rote memory here, but... Um, one of the things I don't, I think, uh, with these albums too, that got a, gets a little annoying to me is how much like how much they brought in like like almost like an opera feel behind them. You know yeah. what I mean? There's a lot of songs that have a lot more instrumental stuff going on than just rock and roll guys. So that mm-hmm. you can tell there's, like I say, you tell it sounds like an opera, behind, uh, not an opera, <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, 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 orchestra, uh, orchestra behind yeah. an opera, yeah. yeah. We'll never mistake uh, Axl Rose for an opera singer, um, but yeah, it sounds like it has a a, um, a uh, orchestra behind them, and I yeah. think a little bit on "Live and Let Die," but of course, that's kind of how the the original song is too, with that you know, dun 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 dun, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I mean, I like that version. It, it it doesn't happen to make my list, but it's not you know, it's one of the ones that's decent. And it's a decent cover version. Yeah, uh, decent that they did that. So my number four song on side one, this is where I usually, you know, for anybody that's listened to our Making the Perfect 80s Rock album, Mm -hmm. this is where I would tend to reserve if you're going to have a slowed down tempo song. Down tempo, ballad, something like that. This is where it would be, song four on side one. Now, there's... A number of slowed down songs on this. To I mean, obviously, there's the November Rain, there, you know, and there's a ton of them. Uh, this song, to me, it's too long, but there are pieces of the song that I really dig, and that's why I put it on here. Um, but I would not be whatever it is as a nine minute song or whatever. I think they could have shrunk that down to five minutes easily um, and and put it on there. And it's estranged. Mm-hmm. I just there's one the the part of estranged that I like is just it's 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 I can't even describe it now I mean you know you get you I know what it is um but it's it's at the very beginning how it starts in the guitar I just love that sound that's going on in it and then 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 it then it kind of wanders and then comes back to that then it wanders and come back to that I, I love everything about um, this song yeah so well here I'm I'm going to I'm going to play it you'll hear I'm gonna, this is the part of the song that really drives it for me and again, if it were just if it were just four minutes shorter, I think it would be an awesome song. And I think they could have done it. There's a spot in the song where I think they could have stopped, but it kept going. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, strange for me. And you'll hear that when I when I play it here, you'll hear the part that I think really is the kick-ass part of the song.
And there it is. That's the part that I absolutely love. God, I agree. I just love that part. That. Mm. Yeah, that that. So good. See, I happen to. I I like the melody of that song so much. Yeah. To me, you're right. Nine minutes is too long for yeah. for that song. For our type of music, is too long. But. Yeah. It goes by. I don't notice it being nine minutes because I love that melody yeah. so. What's much. funny is I actually. <laughs> what's funny is I did when I was go back and listen to these, and I decided to put that on. The, and I listened to it again a second time just to uh-huh. make sure. And I, I, there was a point where like I was listening to it. And I'm like, okay, this is where I feel like it's getting too long. Really? Yeah. 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 For me, I was just like, because I told you, I, I there's a spot where I think they should end it. Yeah. And it would have been good. Like the second time they go back into that that. Yeah, the second let that and then play that out to the next chorus. Yeah, and, it could easily, and then and then die it down after that. Yeah, I don't know. It just it just too long. But I love that that guitar part. Oh, that God, me too. It's so good. Um, that that to me that part that you're talking about. Yeah, is the best part on any of the Use Your Illusions of any song. Yeah, it's so that, cool. That is the best melody on yeah. both albums. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. All right, so what's so I guess it would be my so, number five, your number. So I'm counting down. I'm number six. Yeah, six. Okay. I'm counting yes, down from yes. ten to one. Right. One being my favorite. Uh, yep. Number six would be Baby's Got a Locomotive. 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 So uh, that didn't make mine. Mm-hmm. However, if uh, if there was a song that I was going to add a song or two that I would have said these should be B sides for like some singles, mm-hmm. Locomotive would have been on there. So you do like that song? I do like the song. I, I like the 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 driving part of that song. Um, That's why I like it. It's a little yeah, heavier. A little yeah. heavier. I like the driving part of that song, but I think it again. It's a little too. Is it a little too long or is it a little too? It was just. I love the the driving the part that drives. There was something about it though that I was like, uh. I love that section of it, but I just mm-hmm. it didn't it wouldn't make my, my okay. overall list. So so what about uh what so, about rounding out your side so rounding one out then? side one I, again if uh, you know if anybody's listened to our episodes where we make the albums uh, I like ending side one on a on a pretty good rocker you know mm-hmm. you come down we come down tempo with a strange at number four number f- uh, five on side one we end it with don't damn me. Damn me, huh? Don't damn me. That didn't even make my list at all. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's one of the faster paced songs, I guess you could say. Um, is why I put it on there. I I don't know. I mean, I I like that song a lot. Like I said, I I kind of like some of the more. I guess on number one, you're gonna see there's one or two more here on number one that um, I like because of the, the, the it's kind of a it, it sounds to me a little bit more like Guns N' Roses it's not all I, super produced it sounds more dirty I don't know it does sound dirty but to me it almost the the dirty ones as, as we describe mm-hmm. almost are so um they're almost too punk yeah it's like too punk rock for me yeah to, which to is like, weird which is weird with this album sloppy. it's too sloppy yeah. you know like i just i can't get into those that are like more of the yeah that's the weird thing about this album is there's so many like it's like there's so many songs that are like that that sound more like it could be on spaghetti incident yeah and then there's well-produced songs like the estranged and the you could be mine yeah and then there's some really bluesy ones that are just like but um yeah, so I like I like "Don't Damn Me" um, as uh, ending out my side side one. So okay. we flip the record over, and the first song we hear on side one for me is "Pretty Tied Up." Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, 
Yeah, that starts for me. I I love that song on there. It was one of the ones when the first when the album first came out that I liked the best. Uh, so yeah, pretty Great. tied up for me. Starts it. I think it's a good and again. Great song. Flip the side over. I think you should start with a good song. I like that little uh, what is it like Arabian guitar thing that starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And like then it's just too. it's just a good song. It rolls pretty good. Um, yeah, I like it pretty tied up. So what's your five then? So, so my five, six. yeah, we kind of skipped places, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> my six was locomotive. So my number five counting down. Mm-hmm. So we're in the top five now is uh, what, I, what I think is a, a pretty damn good heavy song, but not punky heavy mm-hmm. and not bluesy. Uh, it's Back Off Bitch. Mm-hmm. That is my song five. Mm-hmm. Do like that one. What about yeah. you? You like that song? I do. And I thought that... Okay, I, I I think I'm I think I messed up because I have okay yes I do like that song I, I, I note to self here I I think I made this list and then I meant to do something which I didn't do but we'll, we'll, I'll get there <laughs> okay yeah back off bitch I think is is a is a good song um I like it a lot it's one of my favorites on the album yeah um, it really is it's start to finish just great it's just a rocking song that to me is a Guns N Roses song you yeah know what exactly I mean? like, and that one actually it's got attitude mm-hmm. and I just I that was it. actually from what I read that was a song that they used to play live prior to appetite coming out they've really? had they had that song in the hopper for years oh, and wow. they just well, finally no put it together like it. That's, yeah that's old yeah. school guns and roses totally totally um so my second song on side two this is again if i uh, you know uh foreshadowing here when we get to side two on our other episodes um i i think if you're gonna put a a down tempo or type song on side two i like it to be in this slot number okay. two um which for me is yesterday's. Ooh, so, okay. yeah, I, you know, I think it's one of the more unique songs. Song ten, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's one of the more unique songs on this. Definitely um, unique. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh uh it's slow, it's slowish, but it's I don't know, it's just got a really good chorus. It's just a kind of a yeah. fun song. I mean, it doesn't really remind me much of Guns N' Roses, but. I like it enough in this new style of Guns N' Roses. Well, and that, it's Axel's voice at its finest. Yeah. And it's just actually, it's a really good song. Like, yeah. it's just the way it carries itself. Um, yeah, Yesterday's is, uh, is awesome. That's my number two. Second song on side two. Hey, what's up? 
Guys, it's Jason McMaster from Dangerous Toys, and you're listening to myself and Chris 51 and Joe on the Headbangers Rock Show. And speaking of our friend, Jason McMaster from Dangerous Toys, um, he, oddly enough, was... Um, I, a lot of people have said, and when we talked to him in an interview a while back, he had said that he, you know, they, they kind of wanted him to pattern his image a little bit after Axl Rose, right. uh, the way he looked in um, ap- uh, Appetite for Destruction. So if you go back and look at the first Dangerous Toys videos, um, he kind of does have that kind of crazy red hairish kind of yeah. up and going. He, if, a couple if, tattoos. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. if you looked at him and Axl side by side from that look with that teased red hair, uh, pretty pretty interesting how the two images are yeah, fairly parallel. Sure. But um, Okay. Keeping going Back to our list Back to the list Headbangers Rock Show. That's what you're listening to, and thanks for listening. If you are, um, we are doing an episode called "Useless Illusion," which is basically us talking about the "Use Your Illusion" albums from Guns N' Roses and whittling them down to what we uh, uh, think are the ten best songs or what they should have put on uh, what would have been a really cool "Use Your Illusion" second you know, follow up to "Appetite for right. Destruction" rather than this thirty song monstrosity that they put out. Okay, so we are going uh, down the line. I I kind of have it in order of how I think the album should be. You have your top ten. So yesterday's for me was on your list too. Mm-hmm. That that would be my song two on side two. What's uh, your what number four? Number four, counting okay. down from ten to one. Number four, and you're probably gonna make fun of me. Um, yeah, probably. You, you know I like my hits, but to me, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna preemptively say this because I think my top four, I think three of them are ballads. Uh-huh. Um, I'm a sucker for Guns N' Roses ballads. I Ooh. love the P- I love Axel playing the piano. I love his voice. I I just I I love their ballads. And to me, those were my favorite songs on these Use Your Illusions. That's what I take away from it. Those are the ones I really remember, and I, I think yeah. I go back to most. So, my number four is "Don't You Cry." Mm. Um, take, I'll take either one. I'll pick mm. either one. I love them. I love the videos. I love that Shannon mm. Hood from Blind Melon was singing in the background. <laughs> But I love those mm. songs, man. Mm-hmm. Don't you cry. This is, all right. Just, this is where, yes, this is where our two roads um, mm-hmm. are going to split well apart, it I is. think. I, I love it. I'm a sucker for those songs. In fact, every 80s <clears throat> ballad playlist I make or whatever always has uh, Don't You Cry on it. So. Mm, I have a feeling I know something else coming up here, too. <laughs> sure you do. So... Let me, uh, I'll give you my two cents on it. I, so for me, some of the more, um, popular ballads on this. Now, I stuck on Estranged. I, I do mm-hmm. like that. I think that's still, that's not really a, to me, that's more of just a kind of an epic type of slower down, slow tempo right. rock song. Right. It's not really a ballad. I, I mean, I don't really think it's supposed to be. Even though I, I, even though in reading, I guess Estranged, Don't Cry, and November Rain are kind of supposed to be some sort of trilogy of songs together, oh. lyrically or something. I don't know. But, yeah, don't cry. Um, I don't see. I'm a little bit the opposite. Um, I think don't cry to me. Um, I don't know. I just I to me I, it's it's the type of Guns and Roses I don't like. Really? Yeah. It's it's to me it's just it's, it, it it's I don't know. It's Axel. I think a little. It's him a little too pretentious. I mean, the song isn't bad. I shouldn't say that. I don't hate the song, but. I just it wouldn't it wouldn't be close to making my list. Now it would be yeah. it would be I would have it up there higher than some of the garbage that's on right, on this right. album. But I just yeah I just maybe it's overplayed for me or something like that. But and there's two versions of it on this album. I mean the mm-hmm. music is exactly the same. He just happens to sing uh, 
two different verses. So yeah. the, the so I think that the the one that everybody knows is on number one, right? Right. The one you're talking alternate about. Alternate lyrics is on number two. And the alternate lyrics is on number two, which uh, so I guess really there's only I mean I don't know if you want to call that like a, another song, thirty songs or on filler this filler song. Yeah, I don't know why they would do that. I, I, there's no need. Uh, for there it. was no need to put a second. Don't I, cry. I like either give me either one. I don't care. I, I yeah, I'm not to be honest with you. I I the first the the one on number one I know just from hearing it a thousand times. Mm-hmm. I I don't even. I mean, I know the other one has alternate verses uh, where he's not saying the same. And I think when I go back and listen to that other one, I just think like, eh, that sounds weird. Does they, to me, Don't Cry is the other one, you know? <laughs> right, right. This one sounds like somebody like purposely going and rewriting the lyrics and it just doesn't fit as well. But yeah. anyways, okay, so that's Don't Cry For You uh, was number four. Yeah. Okay. This is where uh, hits fifty one and and uh, and romantic, <laughs> romant- Chris Romantic 51 starts to come into play here. That's right. Um, so I have after yesterday's I have perfect crime, perfect crime. Yeah, huh? off number one again. One of those kind of like more punk rock songs that you yeah. were talking about that uh, that uh, I I like a lot. Um, I can't do but, it. Uh, yeah, I like perfect crime. I mean, I, I, I think it's again. I like some of those rockers. Um, the faster paced ones on here get get me away from that that orchestra stuff going on with a lot of these other songs and get me the bare bones Guns and Roses and that's why I like perfect crime. So what's your number? See to me to me there's four ki- there's four kinds of songs. Yeah. On Use Your Illusions. There's mm-hmm. punky, rocky, <laughs> ballady, and mm-hmm. bluesy. Yeah, that's right? pretty much true. Uh, you can automatically, for me, anything punky or bluesy, gone. Oh, wait. And then there's really crappy, which is that <laughs> well, which is that song at the end of number two, My World or whatever, oh God, where he's like yeah. rapping Ugh. or something. That, that doesn't even count. That, that doesn't even count. That just should never. You know what never, I mean? To me, yeah. you, can, you can arrange it into four categories, which is weird because the album is normally like it all kind of sounds right, the same, right. you know? Four categories. No, I think I you're right. Automatically, I, think I automatically eliminate two of those to make any of my top ten. Yeah, because I don't like bluesy and I don't like punky. Yeah, so that I think uh, Perfect Crime why. might fit into that more punk type of sound. It's faster. It's harder. Um, it's short. You know, it's like yeah. a, a quick song. Um, I like it. I mean, but I, 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 I like a couple of those songs. Like I picked Don't Damn Me and, and Perfect Crime. Yeah, you which did. might fall into that that kind of more punk sound on this album, but. Yeah. Uh, all right, so okay, so my number three, three. counting down from mm-hmm. ten to one. My number three is another ballad, which I know you'll hate, mm-hmm. which I absolutely love. I just, I, don't, I almost want to plug my ears right now. November eighth, God, <laughs> you didn't go there. I love Damn it. Damn you. Okay, the only, God. the only good part of November rain is the solo. One of the one of the best Such solos a good solo. ever, and uh, in the it actually introduced our show earlier in the thing. Um, it's uh, like a home sweet home solo, man. It it's is. So I, I agree with you. So the best part of that song is is Slash's solo, um, and I, I like the orchestral grandeur, and I I like that in in these ballads. Like yeah. to me, they okay here to me the ballads on these records is strange. And mm-hmm. November rain, don't you cry? To me, they put I feel like they put the most time in effort in editing and producing oh, into the ballads absolutely i mean you know that they probably they probably recorded perfect crime in in a day and <laughs> yeah. november rain was pieced together over you know yeah, a year probably like, but yeah no i mean there's something to be said about november rain it's it's a long song except for there's 27 fills that go dun, 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 dun. yep and yep. the same fill every yeah. time that sorum yeah. can you change it up just yeah. once or twice yeah, that's true i agree with you okay that's one of the God. songs where i think just, one time i noticed it i was driving to seattle and i was like that's the same feels last time. Wait, that was the same. Wait, yeah. And I think uh, one time I counted them, oh. and and there was something like nineteen or something crazy yeah. of the same exact fill. Just that fill. Wow, dude. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I I have a love hate relationship with uh, Don't Cry and November Rain. I can see the, you know, I can see the epic quality of them. I can see the production in them, uh, but it's to me, it's too. It's it's like a doesn't sound like queen but it, it kind of reminds me of like like to having so, like a rock opera song or something mm-hmm. like that you know um it's just to me it's i don't know i i he sounds too and to me honestly he sounds a little too whiny in that song for me like even oh, even it. though you know again it, it might be a little bit burnout factor with both those two last songs that you picked um but i just i mean I, like i said i i like estranged but i'm not if these are a trilogy mm-hmm. you know i like estranged but i'm not the biggest fan of november rain but again you can't beat that solo yeah it's a pretty damn good solo okay so uh where am i i'm on the second to last song second to last song on your whole deal uh, let me get my list out here okay second to last song number nine on the album shotgun blues Shotgun Blues. I knew you were going to pick that one. Yeah. I can tolerate that one. Yeah. That I one's like kind that. of a mix of punky and rocky. It is. You know, yeah. it, well, it, with some blues in there. Yeah, it's yeah. got the word blues That's in it, true. for God's sakes. Um, yeah. yeah. That, that, that is an enigma kind of on the record. It's got a little bit of combining. Up, up, of, up tempo. Um, yeah. I think it's, uh, it's. I don't know. I mean, I, I really liked uh, Shotgun Blues. Um, and I'll put it, but I'll put it, I think it, it's an, It's this one of the songs that could go towards the end of the album. And yeah. I like to start ending the album on a, on a high note. You know, I, I don't like to end it on a ballad. I think you should really, you know, right. punch people in the teeth as you're, as you're ending the album still. So I yeah, c- I could put it as a song 11 or 12. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, what's two for you? Wait. So I was, it was November rain number three. Mm-hmm. So there's two more. Two more. I think I know number one, obviously. But okay, what's what's this one? My number two was was your list. It yeah. was actually your top song. Oh, on, okay. which would be number three for you. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess and I don't was, know your uh, you, one. You could be you mine. Could be mine yeah. Is my number two. Just it was a hard battle between number one and number two for me. But yeah, just yeah. got beat out by something else. Yeah, so yeah, mine. you could be mine is definitely in my opinion, my opinion, and it's obviously close to being your opinion. It's not your number one song, but it, I, I think it's the best song on the album, um, and possibly both albums. Possibly, like it's, it's yeah, yeah, it's possibly the best song on both albums. You could be mine. There's, a, I, I've heard a couple of bands um, do covers of it too, and it's one with a female singer. Mm. Really good, but yeah. So you could be mine as your number two. Yeah, and, and it's then, one of those songs. It's it's so played out and popular, but God, it's I I can't get. It. It still doesn't get old to me. You yeah, know? yeah. In fact, I'd rather hear "You Could Be Mine" than like uh, "Paradise City" or you know some of these other ones that I yeah, overplayed. Yeah. You know, no, that's a strong. I mean, appetite. "You Could Be Mine" is such a strong song. I mean, it really it's is. it's really it's it's awesome. But um, okay, so well, my so my album my album ends with um, I, I think I just wrote it. I think I when I was making this, I think I I originally thought I already had put the song on there somewhere. And I was filling it out, but it's not on my list, but it should have been. So I'm going to end it with this. I'm going to say um, that the song I have on my list here could be another one of my B-sides, okay. and that's Bad Obsession. Okay. I like that song a lot, but Back Off, Bitch. I, I have to have that song on my album. It's not on my list for some reason. I thought it was on there, but I'm going to throw it on as... No, I, 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 you can end it. You can end it with Back Off, Bitch. That's fine to end it with. It's Like I said, it sounds like an old school Guns N' Roses album, so why not, why not end with Back Off, Bitch? Um, I like it. All right, so wait, like number one song. So you've already gone through the the number the November Rain, and you've gone through Don't Cry, and You mm-hmm. Could Be Mine. I don't think you mentioned Estranged. You got it. Is that it? That's, That's my number, your number one. one. Yeah. That is my number one. That, yeah. Yeah. I'm a sucker for that. I can listen to that like little riff yeah. thing over and over. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I love it. Estranged to me, to me. Strange is the most perfect song 
you know, composure and and arrangement and everything. It, again, a little long, yeah, but it's yeah. the most perfect song on both records. Yeah, me. yeah, no, I uh, I agree. I mean, I like I said, I I love I like that song of all the ballads on there. Uh, a little long they could they could shorten it make it good but um yeah mm-hmm. so i'm ending with back off bitch though um bad obsession like i said is would be another b-side for me and there was one that you mentioned that i didn't have that i said could be easily was be a locomotive B-side. yes locomotive yeah. so you if know, i would have though, if, you, if you think of our list mm-hmm. i mean we could basically make a, a use your illusion one yeah. of their their normal length ones 14 15 songs right right if you combine because we probably had 50 60 percent of the same songs mm-hmm. i had a couple you did it you had a couple i did it right so we could make a, a 15 song together yeah use your illusion which i think would be much better than yeah. what they yeah. did and they should have i mean again yeah. i don't you know whatever the whatever the reason was for putting it out and they asked the funny thing was they put it out the good old days too when it came out on september 17th of 91 they did the whole it's released at midnight Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So people were like lined up at the record stores waiting to get it. And they were saying that how many people were, you know, uh, just tons and thousands of people would line up at record stores. Remember back in the day God, when big albums that. used to do that? Yeah. Not, they didn't always come out at midnight, but, you know, they would there would be a day they'd come out yeah. and people would line up to get the album. I mean, of I course, those that. days are gone. I mean, I, I miss that part of, of music and, you know, the way that you would go get albums. I mean, I wouldn't probably so trade exciting. it. I wouldn't trade it for the availability of music yeah. now. You know, now yeah. I can listen to anything I want basically at any time. I like that aspect, but there was something very charming about you know uh, uh an album being released and the excitement and going and having to be there to get it you know yeah, I mean? and the build-up and then yeah. if you didn't you were screwed you had to wait for the next shipment to come in yeah yeah and, and you know back then too the reason why i think probably when you think about it the reason why they put all those songs on there was a the excitement over the albums people would listen to them front to back you mm-hmm. know they may they may eventually pick out their favorite songs but they were going to listen to it front to back they knew that so I think they figured, well, let's just let's just put out everything we can, you know, yeah. except for that stupid My World song. I, would, <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything that's on these two albums, I'm okay with to the extent we're like, whatever. If you're going to put some of this filler stuff on there and make a 30-song album, yeah, that's cool. With the exception of that st- stupid oh, My World song, so which stupid. I don't even know what the hell that is. It's it's like some rap thing he's got going. And it's I like, know. I had forgotten about that song until I went back and, and we were listening to this. I was, like, I was like, my world, how does that go? No wonder we it. forgot about it. We I know. locked it out of our memory. <laughs> it was funny because I go, I look, I was looking at number two and I go, my world. I'm trying to think. I was like, what the hell is that song? I push play. I'm like, oh God, that's that. Right. <laughs> I forgot about that crap that they did on the back of that. Yep. I think that was, you know, a, a sign of the times because, you know, not only the grunge and i think there was a little bit of a ode to you know there was some rap that was kind of getting popular right. back then i think you know they're trying to be i don't know it's so scrap that one and scrap faith no more like what yeah are they trying to do? yeah like, i don't know it God. doesn't even sound like that though it's no. like really bizarre yeah anyways all right well uh that's our you useful illusion good episode. and uh like, there, like i said there's a lot of useless illusion in that right. but um we uh we whittled it down and we have uh, what would be our, our use your illusions, our useful illusions. So, all right, well. Should we leave them with some back off bitch? Oh, yeah, we should Might roll. be a good way to roll out. Roll out of there, back off bitch. Um, all right, well, uh, this has been Headbangers Rock Show, uh, talking about Guns N' Roses, use your illusions. Uh, I'm Joe, Crossway is Chris51. And we be out of here, and we'll see you guys at the next episode. Stay metal. <laughs>